Sally Lucas, today, well, we're going to cold places. What a good idea. (laughs) Well, I thought we're experiencing the cold and we haven't talked about winter destinations for a while. And having just come back this week recently from country western New South Wales, where we did have lots of cold, uh, three to seven degrees, I think it was in orange. So, um, yeah. seven maximum. Maximum. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mid-afternoon. Warmed up. Anyway, (laughs) I just thought, why not talk about the cold? And I was reading the um, Sydney Morning Traveller magazine um, when I came home, and there was a lovely letter in there, which actually won the letter of the week. But it's written by a a lady uh, from New South Wales who was a regular skier. And she was sort of talking about the benefits, of course, of how lucky um, they were, they consider being skiers, to have always travelled in winter. Well, a good time to start thinking about travelling and uh, travelling to nice cold places when it is cold, Sally Lucas. It is, but let's face it, once you're inside, there's always a lovely warm fire going or some sort of heating in any of these colder countries and you just rug up when you're outside. So it's all good. But as I was saying, this lady had written in, it sounds like she's probably an older lady from what she said, but after the Notre Dame fire, like a lot of other older travellers, as she said, scrambled through old albums to look at photos of the Paris Cathedral and their time there. And what was amazing her, that there was hardly any people around and they even attended a mass when they were there. No queues, no nothing. And of course, she's always travelled in the winter months, as we said. So I thought we'd talk about that today and how there are benefits of travelling in the winter months. And also, there's all sorts of different things you can do. Well, her photo in the paper is astonishing. She laid on the floor of the Sistine Chapel and to take a photo of the ceiling, which she could not do in the middle of summer, I'm sure. Um, so yes, and she, the Chartres Cathedral, she's seen in, in, a, in the fog, you know, just to see the spires suddenly come through out of the fog. So you're seeing, you know, things in a different vein altogether, which is beautiful. And just, just talking about all these wonderful, you know, pictures that she has taken in the winter months that made her go back through her album. So quite interesting. So I thought today I'd also mention the markets. We have talked about the, the Christmas markets before. Um, this is a list of, they say, 17 of the best Christmas markets. I mean, I'm sure there's even a lot more than that. But um, I'll just sort of go through a few of them. One is in Strasbourg in France, and it's home to one of Europe's oldest Christmas markets, with the first one taking place in 1570. So there are 10 locations with 300 stalls. So look at that, you know. And again, if we've talked about before, you could pick up your... Why go Christmas shopping in, in department stores when you can wander through Christmas markets, hey? Get yourself a bargain or a little decoration or a present or drink some of the local in Strasbourg, Alsatian wine. Um, so that's, you know, it's pretty special, isn't it? The Viennese Christmas market in Vienna, and they have a huge skating rink, which is part of their attraction of oh, their market there. It's a little different. Yes, I don't know whether I'd be game to skate anymore. I'm sure I'd fall flat on my face. But um, So their first market was actually held in 1298, wow. and it now has more than 20 events that you can choose from. Again, you know, they go from about 17 November through the 26th of December. So that's interesting. The Grand Christmas Market in Montreal in Canada, and it runs from 1 to 24 December. So that's another one. The Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen, Denmark. Um, and they really, the, the Danish have all these, again, wonderful nibbles and Christmas decorations, and they have traditional bands, etc., etc. So, and they have an uh, December the 13th, an annual Lucia procession with a hundred girls passing through the gardens carrying candles and singing to mark St Lucia's Day. So that would be something beautiful as well. The Gendarmenmarkt in Berlin 
in Germany is another really, really popular uh, market there as well. Winter Wonders in Brussels, in Belgium. Um, the Bank of America Winter Village at Bryant Park in New York. It's an open style a European style, rather open air market, and it's one of the well known Christmas markets in New York as well. And they've also got a, a 17,000 square foot outdoor ice rink, free skating ice rink. More skating. More skating. <laughs> then two more to go the Tallinn Christmas Market in Estonia, which is held in Tallinn's Town Hall Square, and they have rows of huts where you can pick up traditional Estonian cuisine and handmade gifts, and also a winter grotto there where you can get performances by choirs, poets, and dance troops. Their main highlight is the Christmas tree, which has been set up in the Town Hall Square since 1441 and was one of the first Christmas trees to be, to be displayed in Europe. And lastly, beautiful Basel in Switzerland. They have a lovely Christmas market there as well. And, yeah, so again, you're going to get this wonderful fairy tale forest they've got there. They provide this activities for kids such as gingerbread decorating, Christmas decoration making. So if you're over there in Europe in, in that time of the year or even Canada or anywhere in that northern hemisphere, there's always going to be some wonderful markets for you to go and trawl through. And the age of the markets is interesting because it's a chance for the locals to keep in touch with their traditions. Traditions, yes. And it's a chance for us to get to know them as well. Exactly, and there are so many traditions, Jane, as you say, in these European countries that it's wonderful to be part of. To in your RFM 20 past one. We're talking travel and Sally Lucas. There are some wonderful things to do in places that are probably colder than we would have here in winter. Most definitely, Jane. And I, we've been talking about different destinations lately anyway. So this is sort of coming on this same theme again, that there are some lovely new itineraries doing some, some different things. So this one's called Northern Lights Ice Hotels and Huskies. So this is a lovely little itinerary. It's just nine days and they've got departures in this uh, February to March next year. And just to give you an idea of what you do, you arrive in Helsinki and this, you add your own airfare to this, of course. This is just, you know, a land-based tour or this land with an air portion actually but so you stay in Helsinki for a night and you have a lovely welcome dinner there then they fly you up to Rovaniemi and you say two nights in the Santa Claus holiday village cabins right on the Arctic Circle hopefully seeing a few elves <laughs> hopefully and reindeers and whatever through Rudolph's then you um, once you do that they also take you to the Arcticum Museum of Science and Lapland Culture in Lapland there. So then you learn how to drive your own reindeer sled. Can you believe that? Through the snowy wilderness of Lapland. And you get the opportunity, if you're game, to try snowshoe walking on the forest trails. So they're really sort of adding in all these lovely, interesting extras. Then you go to to Kemi, and there you're staying in extraordinary glass villas, which would be fantastic for spotting the aurora borealis while you're lying in bed at night. How wonderful would that be? This is just, I think this is just a fabulous itinerary. You explore Karuna's Ice Castle and you do walks across the frozen sea to the Forest Islands. Um, you have dinner in the elaborately, elaborately carved ice restaurant. Then you board an amazing icebreaker and crack through the ice out into the frozen Gulf of Bothnia, put on a dry suit if you're game, and go for a swim in a what they call a smashed sea pool, sea pool bobbing amongst huge lumps of ice if you're so game. And they guarantee the dry suit will definitely keep you warm and dry. Um, then from there, um, you're going to go... Um, after Karuna, you stay at a nice hotel as well there as well, and one night in a warm cottage too. Uh, you're taking a guided tour through the 
the amazing ice hotel complex. And then you also go to a cultural centre in Reindeer Park, learn how to drive a snowmobile as well, and then go on a fabulous nighttime Northern Lights wilderness safari and enjoy dinner in a forest cabin. What about that? Then you get an internal flight to take you back to Stockholm at the end. So that is a really lovely and very different itinerary for next year if you're thinking of doing something really, really different. And this one is um, New Year in Spain and the Three Kings Festival. So this is, again, a little different. It starts in Barcelona. And what you do there, you're there for New Year's Eve, actually. And so it's up to you whether you want to join in with the rest of the the Spaniards and just celebrate New Year's Eve. They leave that up to you. There's nothing included in that. There's sightseeing during the day, but they leave the evening free for you to choose how you would like to enjoy that. And then after New Year's Day, you go down to Granada, to that wonderful place, Granada, and the Alhambra Palace that is there, which is just beautiful, fantastic to see. Um, And after that, you're going also to Sevilla. And um, Sevilla is just a wonderful, wonderful spot. Um, we were there, lucky enough to be there when they had a big celebration. And, you know, the Spanish really do festivals and celebrations very well and very colourfully as well. So you have three nights there and you experience what they call the magic of a Three Kings festival, and fiesta rather, and colourful parade. So what it is, it's really, they have these three kings they called Carmen, Don Juan and Figaro. And it's sort of, they, they do this, uh, I guess, celebration of these three kings of Christmas, which is the equivalent of the three wise men. And this is their celebration of, they, they do this every year. It's a really important ceremony for the Spanish at this time of year. So you're doing that as well in Sevilla. And then you go by train, which is a lovely train journey up and finish in Madrid. So two really interesting itineraries if you're thinking of doing something different for the Christmas New Year period. To NURFM, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas, time to see what's there in the hot deals department in the current travel marketplace. What have you got for us? Well, I just thought we'd stick with a little bit of the theme of of the white Christmas or the you know the colder destinations. And if you're interested in doing a Christmas vacation, Albatross Tours, for example, has got a. a brochure. It's about 100 pages long with just Christmas tours and markets in it. So that's one you could consider. Trafalgar is another one that is running some Christmas market programs. There are a few companies who are doing these now. Once upon a time, they all used to just stop operating tours over Christmas in the old days. You didn't have anything. You know, they all finished about October and didn't start up again till April. But, you know, as I said, we've got a different place now in the world where we can visit more places all year round. Um, so they've got a nice little um, week itinerary that's taking in, you know, Lucerne, Zurich, Innsbruck, Munich, Vienna, and you travel via just to have a glimpse of Oberammergau as well. And they've got departures in um, November this year that are going uh, right through into early December. So it's not quite Christmas, but it's still that when they've got the markets on, that's the main thing. And that starts from under $2,000 to give you an idea. And I said, the Albatross, there's just too many tours to mention, but their the range of tours, even if you want to stay in a castle for a week or in Italy or somewhere, so there's a whole gamut of um, different options for you there. Um, Canada, well, you know, we all love Canada. Canada as well, don't we? The Rockies, it's such a beautiful part of Canada. So there's another a lovely 12-day snow train to the Rockies, it's called. So you fly into Vancouver and they give you a hop-on, hop-off pass there to have a look around, have a, two nights there. Then you get the snow train, which they put on for Christmas, up to Jasper, which is a lovely journey with Via Rail. And then up there you have a day free to explore that. Then the next day you do the Moline Canyon Ice Walk, which is really quite amazing. You walk along the frozen canyon floor and it's got this huge 
huge limestone walls, which is quite spectacular. From there, you go on to Lake Louise via the Icefields Parkway. And in the evening, you get a 40-minute sleigh ride that takes place there. Um, the next day is just free to enjoy Lake Louise. Then you go on to Banff uh, via the scenic Bow Valley. And you have an afternoon the next day of snowshoeing in the mm. Banff National Park. And then you finish up in Calgary with a return flight back to Vancouver and a return flight home. So all of that, 12 days, it's got a lot of inclusions in it, um, accommodation, tours, some meals and transfers, and that starts from under $4,000 per person, and it departs between 30 November and 18 April. So that's really quite a good one. Also, sticking with the ski theme, um, Utah. Now, they say, this is the Americans say, whether you want to believe them or not, some of the hottest resorts are in Utah, and they say the reason for this is that it's been studied by scientists of the University of Utah why Utah's snow is considered the best for deep powder skiing and riding. It's the combination of climate conditions over their lakeside mountains that make it unique, apparently. So they've got some lovely packages there. Buy your own airfare again. So you've got seven-night packages, which include like five-day passes, all your accommodation, twin share, and return return transfers from Salt Lake City Airport to, to get you to the ski fields. And they're starting from around $1,600 up per person, depending on your standard of accommodation. Um, and then... Not snow holidays now. A uh, festive celebration for New Zealand. This is a lovely itinerary, 13th of December. It's valid for sale until 28 June. It's a 14-night cruise on Ruby Princess from Sydney to Auckland. And you're going via Melbourne, Hobart, the Fiordland National Park, Dunedin, mm-hmm. Akaroa, Picton, Wellington, Tauranga, Auckland, with a flight home. So that's a really lovely itinerary if you want to do that. So 13 December, as I said, valid for sale to 28 June with a lead-in price for under $3,000 per person. If you really want to splurge and get away from the cold, the Intercontinental Bora Bora Resort and Thalasso Spa have got savings of up to $3,000 per couple for a seven-night package there. You're getting your return flights with Air Tahiti Nui to Papiete, uh, a transfer to your hotel in Tahiti, because the way it works, you've always got to have a night in Papiete because of the connections. So you get a night there, and then you have a breakfast there. Then you're taken across to Bora Bora and have five nights there, which is just wonderful, including breakfast again, plus a free two-course lunch for two uh, and included. Your return transfers back to Papiete and your airfare home. You've got a book before 30 July and travel between now and 31 March next year. So you've got quite a good lead-in on that. And a little one closer to home if you don't want to go quite that far but still somewhere warm. Vanuatu, book by um, 28 June for the Holiday Inn Resort. It's got a seven-night package there with return airport transfers. Your accommodation there in a Garden View King Room, um, you're getting two free nights, buffet breakfast daily, and you're getting a resort credit of 20,000 Vatu per room per stay, a tour of Vila as well, and that starts from under $1,500 per person, so that's good value for money. Plenty around at the moment. Always, Jane, always. And thank you, Sally Lucas. We'll Thanks, Jane. We'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.